You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't Screen Beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential Screen Beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, fresh and tasty off the presses. What? what? That's... No, that's not... Can I call them Screen Beans now? Fine. Screen Beans! So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Because you're a whole Screen Beans now. On tonight's show of Hey Mitch, I have Jay Sandlin. Uh, I've met Jay, somewhat met, through uh, through Twitter. We are part of a, a, a podcast group of uh, a bunch of podcasters. And uh, I have to say, I love the, uh, the, the, the geek show that you do. Geekopedia. Geekopedia. A place where you can... Yes, uh, it's kind of a place where you can get uh, an inside the actor's studio of creatives, uh, comic book makers, TV, film, uh, actors, whatever you like, but mostly comic book centric and, you know, trying to promote different works. Yeah, you know, it's it's not often that I get to have other interviewers on the show, so uh, I think it, it I it usually puts me in a little bit of a oh, I gotta watch myself. This is another person that likes to do interviews. Why do you think you don't ask good enough questions? I, I don't. I really don't. I, I I'm interested in in how people get to certain things in their lives, uh, but like I don't know if I actually ask any interesting questions. Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, let's let's see how you do then. All right, sounds good. So, what was the the origin story of Geekopedia then? I was on another podcast before that, and the person on that podcast told me to go make my own podcast. So I went and made my own podcast, and I am still doing it now. It's been a weekly podcast uh, since we started in 2019, and it's um, kind of turned into. Uh, I think it might go to bi-weekly going forward, but we've had some great talent and great people in the comics uh, industry, and I've just been kind of bogged down with my own comics projects that I haven't had as much time to interview people about their own. So 
I may be dialing back the number of episodes to maybe from four a month to two a month, and we'll see how that goes. Oh, okay. That's that's good that you're working on your own stuff. I mean, that's the that's the dream to always work on your own stuff, right? It's typically how I spend most of my time. So, uh, now you recently had Jin Hunter come out, correct? Well, yeah, the release date was July 28th, and there have been some people asking about that because Jen Hunter is a high fantasy magical comic that, uh, starting with issue one, will be a new series from Black Box. Issue one is, um, it's all done. All the issues are done. They're, uh, it's the mail that's delaying it, uh, the distribution, so... We're not quite sure when it's going to arrive to everyone's comic book shop. It should be through now in the middle of August. But yeah, Jen Hunter issue one is the uh, one of my releases this month with uh, Black Box Comics. So what's the story behind that? What's the what's the pitch? Well, you've got a genie who is locked up in a bottle for ten thousand years, and her job is to hunt the other evil genies. They release her from the bottle, and she has to go on a hunt for a rogue elder djinn who has a pack of other djinn that are causing trouble all throughout the magical realms. So there's djinn, love, relationships, and phoenixes. High fantasy? Is that a, is that a subject that you're always interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, genres, things like that... Uh, I, I like to hop around a bit, so I guess I'm polyamorous with my genres. But uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, high fantasy is great because it's a world other than ours. You know, wouldn't everybody want to go to a world other than ours at some point? It, this is true. This is true. Were you into a D and D kind of person too, or no? I've never played D and D, sadly, and I think I would have been into it, but. Uh, the way I was raised and the way that the uh, highly conservative church background I had, I was told that those games were just evil and, uh-huh. and not the devil. <laughs> it's the devil. So I wasn't allowed to play them, but I wish I could have picked one up. Um, I would have probably enjoyed it. And no one's asked me to play since, but I have looked into D&D and other resources yeah, I would say there's there's a lots of uh, online games going on out there now. You definitely look into into one of those. I've been a fan for a long time of City of Heroes, but that's been closed. Uh, Kotar, Old Republic games, those kind of things. Don't get as much time for gaming these days, I guess, just from making different comics. But uh, I do like to play Switch with my son a bit, and he's into. Uh, Luigi's Mansion and Mario Kart and Super Smash, those kind of titles. I enjoy those as well. I used to play City of Heroes and City of Villains also. That was a, that was a fun MMO there. Unrivaled character creation True. system. Yeah. I kind of miss just that part. <laughs> like, why, can't, why can't they just put that online for free and have people download that and play with that? You could spend however many hours you wanted to just creating your hero, and then you'd be tired before you got out to use them. <laughs> I wonder if that would, it would, do you think that would help in, in like creating characters for your comic book? Yeah, it has. Um, I have definitely, um, yeah, when you're building kind of an appearance in your head 
for what a certain character looks like, uh, you know, what their background is, what they've been through. With Jen Hunter, we had to think about, uh, you know, the main character is Zara, who is a Jen, who is a hunter. So it's a very original title, Jen Hunter. And, you know, she's got to be in the neighborhood of 10,000 years old. She's got uh, fire-based powers, as uh, the Quran says, the jinn are made from fire. And she hunts around the realms with a phoenix. And we know that phoenixes are symbols of death and rebirth. And we take looks from you know other sources, mythologies, shows that we liked, and uh, put that together with an artist. And the artist puts together into you know one solidified idea. So that's a fun process that's a lot like building your uh, MMO character for your preferred games, I would say for sure. You know, for a character like uh, Jin or Zara, uh, you're, who is nearly immortal, you're going to have to build a world out for him. Is that overwhelming to think about building out a world that for a person that's lived for so long? No, it's just more about when you find her, when you walk up on her at this point in the story, when she's a prisoner, and she's released from her prison, and she's given a job, and then she's got to go do it. So it's just a matter of what's going on from that moment. Where's, you know, where's it headed? What are her thoughts, feelings, emotions? What What is it that she wants out of this story that you're telling and then figure out, you know, how to take care of those things, uh, take take those things from her. <laughs> <laughs> what was your hardest decision or obstacle in creating this character in the in the world that the the book exists in? Mm, I would say that the biggest obstacle is uh, other collaboration. It's not really an obstacle. I don't like to think of it that way, but. In some books, like with Jen Hunter, you work with an editor and you collaborate. And I think with Zara, the hardest part was just deciding that we wanted her to be the main character. We wanted more action-adventure. We wanted more um, anime-type settings and characters. And once we had those components down, it was just a matter of kind of filling in the details through the scripting phases. Okay, cool. Now, it's not your first comic book. Uh, I saw that you also did Over the Rope. Yeah, Over the Ropes. Yeah, Ropes, that, that okay. was my first book with Mad Cave Studios. And uh, that was a, another one we got to take a basic premise. It's an hour world, you know, the, re- the quote, real world, uh, where they've got a, a wrestling promotion in the South and... Uh, one of the young jobbers on the card kind of goes off script and winds up winning the world title. So it's sort of where that story takes him from there. Oh, wow. That's definitely an interesting turn. Now, were you a big uh, wrestling fan? Yeah, I've always been a real big wrestling fan. I was uh, in living in Alabama in the South. Uh, TBS and TNT were a big part of you know the cable down here. So WCW on the Turner Networks was always just really huge. And with uh, watching WCW, Nitro, Saturday Night, Thunder, I got away with that a little bit more than I did on uh, WWF because, of again, the conservatism Mm. I grew up around. But all that being said, 
I uh, I did love wrestling. I still have a pretty deep knowledge of wrestling, and I've not been into the current product that much. Probably since uh, whatever you consider current, I probably not since I attended an AEW show in February of 2020, and then not long after that, the arenas went empty. Obviously, not their fault, right? But when the when the arenas went empty, I was just kind of done. I haven't been back to it in a while, and I've been gone from WWE uh, even longer than that. But I'm pretty sure that tomorrow night I will take a minute to check out what they've got planned. With as of this recording, it's going to be uh, Chris Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that. So when you were watching as a kid, what was your what was your signature move? Had to be, I mean, everybody's signature move at some point. It had to be the DDT. Everybody oh. loved DDT. <laughs> the DDT that is a great move. Of course it is. I also loved the uh, you know you get into your submissions. I loved the scorpion scorpion deathlock and uh, or the sharpshooter. For you know, fans of the Hitman, and uh, trying to diamond cutter your friends all the time. <laughs> diamond cutter was a hot move. Yeah, I always liked the the figure four leg lock as opposed to the clover leaf, but it was still all fun. So when you were creating the over the ropes, like where did you know that you wanted to go with the story? Like, what was the what was they that? They wanted. Well, they wanted an underdog story from Mad Cave, and that was really all that it gave me. And I decided that since people really love like comebacks and wrestling and nostalgia and you know things like that, but it's difficult in real life because people have to age, but they don't necessarily have to do that in a comic book. So I wanted to kind of tell stories about, uh, you know, veterans and rookies and sort of the struggle between the two of them. Um, The way it's been long enough now, you know, I'll I'll talk spoilers, but the way that volume one ends is the the main character discovers. uh, Well, I'm sorry, I should say the reader discovers more about the main character's parentage. And with that discovery, there's questions about what comes next, which that's typically how you want to try to end your book, you know, come to a a satisfying conclusion, yet uh, leave people wondering what's going to happen if there was a next one. uh, Are you a big TV person? Are you going to watch Heels when that comes out? Yeah, I I do look forward to watching that. I like Stephen Amell. I like all... um, I like a, I watch most of Arrow, and I know he's a big wrestling fan, and he did stuff with Cody Rhodes, yep. of course. So I am definitely looking forward. When does that come out? I'm looking forward to it. I believe in the next month or so. It's going to be on Stars. I know that, but it's 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 coming soon. They released that trailer at San Diego Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con at home. That uh, I have not seen the trailer yet, but. I- it's one that's on my list to watch. Uh, just like I've been watching, um, I've been watching Evil, uh, Physical, Why Women Kill, uh, Star Wars, The Bad Batch. Uh, just finished Loki, and 
Right now, I'm just trying to finish deadlines, so I don't really have a show <laughs> at the moment. And I'm still watching uh, uh, Bad Batch is still going on, but I know there's some more coming. Uh, Marvel What If is coming August 11th, so that's I'm looking right. forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Why comic books? Why, why, why get into that industry? Because they pay me to do it. Oh, it's just that simple. Well, I do other type of writing. I um, have other prose books, and I've released another one before. And then I've also, um, I just, you know, kind of the comic jobs are the ones that since I did my first one, they just kind of keep asking me to do, and I enjoy making. So that's sort of where I've leaned into. Okay. So when you're sitting down to write, whether it's comic books or prose or whatever, like what kind of mindset do you need to get into? Like other than deadlines coming up? Well, the mindset is uh, more, it depends on the job. I mean, it depends on if you're trying to come up with something on your own or writing something as a job for somebody else. Uh, You typically want to make sure you, you know, fulfill the terms of any job, just like any job you're going to do. And then from there, uh, find a way to make it your own. Any particular thing that you need to do for yourself? Do you need to shut yourself away? Do you need to have music playing? Do you need white noise when you're writing? I have playlists sometimes, and sometimes I like to try to find uh, a playlist selection that works for a certain project. And other times, it just like as you said, it's a matter of uh, shutting the door and getting away a bit and kind of closing yourself off. Any advice for people who want to sit down and be a writer? Um, just keep writing and don't stop. You can get discouraged and get rejections. And if that's going to make you stop being a writer, then maybe it's not the best for you. Or maybe you just don't have work that you want to share through publishers. You might just, uh, you have all kinds of options uh, to get your work out there. So pick one that's right for you and, uh, you know, go with that. It was uh, education the route you took to to be, to be a writer, or did you go a different direction with education? Um, no, I didn't do any kind of education for writing per se. I have a master's degree, but uh, that's in history, and I've typically always just been a small business owner, which I approach writing a lot like that for the most part, um, especially when you get into making comics and making them your own and out of pocket sometimes that it's definitely approached as a small business. Has the, the masters in history helped you with your writing? Not especially. No, no, doesn't help with doing any research or coming up with anything like that. I, I don't, I mean, I can't think of any particular way that it has. Okay. (laughs) I was doing some of them at the same time at points, but I, I, I don't, think of uh any way that it's particularly helped me um unless i've used some of the same skills for for both of them but uh i may have tried to block grad school out (laughs) i'm not sure why why a history uh major or masters because they paid me to oh okay (laughs) what made you want to get into podcasting i started because of writing and I started with um, appearing on people's podcasts first. And from there, um, you know, I would appear on them 
And I started appearing on one particular show more frequently when I became friends with the host. And somebody else asked me to be a podcast partner with them. And uh, yada, yada, yada. Still do it. Uh, still doing it now. But <laughs> probably going to have to, like I said, do that cutback. But uh, anybody, you know, anytime you're looking for something to listen to and you want to learn a bit more about what goes on in the comics industry, how to make your own projects and get them out there and maybe get into more of sort of like the questions you've been asking that you can hear other people answer who uh, you might like their perspective as well. Uh, Geekopedia, uh, get to it at jsandlin.com. Uh, that's you can find it on all the podcast apps, of course. And uh, my website uh, keeps track of all new releases too, as well. There was there was there any particular thing that you you thought was a major obstacle for you when when you started off podcasting? Probably the technical uh, aspect that I didn't know that I knew enough. I'm not a sound engineer by any means, and I'm still not. And I, I've learned how to spend a lot of time making a very good quality podcast. I've at this point, tried to just cut down my time on it and uh, put more into, you know, just writing jobs because uh, podcasting was kind of started as a way to, I, I guess, aid and support this uh, writing habit of mine. So as long as it's doing its job, I mean, I can keep doing it or it's uh, more of a means to an end than anything for me. What's some of the tips and tricks that you've uh, come across for putting out a good quality product? If you find out, let me know, man. I'd love to know. <laughs> no uh, special equipment or anything like that when you're recording? I buy a decent, I mean, I've got decent mics and headphones and that sort of thing. You know, you got to have the basics for any uh, type of job, but I, I don't think I do anything overly special. Uh, compared to you know professional podcasters and studios and that sort of thing. Okay, what? How do you approach getting guests to interview? For me, at this point, it's usually they're either coming to me because they've got something they want to promote, or I come across them in some other walk through the podcast and invite them myself. So it's mostly just a, a networking type game. So I, I, I noticed, because I, I listened to a, a few of the episodes, like, do you usually have a different co-host with you every episode? Normally, no. I'm, I'm typically the only consistent host, and uh, the co-host is Cinna uh, AL. And if she's not on a particular episode, um, I think there were a few weeks that she was you know sick recently, for uh. instance. I'll I'll go it alone, and sometimes I've had a guest co-host. I've had Delvin Cox as a guest co-host before, and uh, some others. So I, I guess you're just gonna have to wait and see who's there when you tune in. <laughs> What's uh, one of the most interesting guests that you've had on? Well, I really enjoyed having Phil Lamar on a podcast. He's you know the voice of uh, Green Lantern and Kotal Khan and Mortal Kombat and. Uh, many other characters in voice acting. And uh, he agreed with our decision that uh, Samurai Jack could beat up his other character, Static Shock. <laughs> both both characters are his. He voices Samurai Jack and Static. And 
we felt with the, the magic properties of Jack's sword, he would be able to handle static's electricity, um, you know, kind of ground the current and maybe even use the power against him. Plus, Jack does have superior fighting skills, so I, I, I was glad that he vindicated that. <laughs> you know what? I, I think the science backs you up there, so that's that's pretty cool. No question. No question at all. <laughs> Speaking of voice acting, you've done some yourself. So I, I don't have a very impressive voice acting resume, but you can check me. Uh, I'm the voice of Robert the Crusader on the Webtoon adaptation. Uh, it's, it's the official Webtoon adaptation. It's not a fan dub. The creator's behind it of uh, Ingrid the Plague Doctor, which is an ongoing strip that's been around for a long time. And it's uh, got over six million reads on uh, Webtoon. So the creator's been working on, you know, adapting uh, the strip with voice actors and and that sort of thing. So I've been enjoying that a lot, but unfortunately have not had a lot of time to audition uh, again lately since I've been making a lot of comics and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting through summer and trying to survive the pandemic. Has Has acting always been a thing for you? Yeah, absolutely. I have been into acting since I was eight years old, and I feel like uh, writing is really just acting, but you write down what you're doing. That's fair. That's a good assessment. What did you have to do to find the character for Plague Doctor? I really just did what they said. I, I did a voice that I thought worked. They gave me the part, and then they said they liked you know this take. I did a few different takes, and it it's really uh, a crapshoot with the voice acting roles. They will tell you what they want, but what they really want, they'll just have to know it when they hear it. And, and that's fair. So it's just a matter of, you know, submitting and trying and submitting and trying. And I've uh, had well over a hundred auditions and only gotten uh, a role or two. Three. I, I got three roles. Yeah. I was also Scranta. That was a Christmas thing. It was Santa's feral brother, Scranta, who was <laughs> just really mad he didn't get picked to be the new Santa. Instead of, it was his brother instead. So, Who are some of the, the inspirational uh, voice actors that you look up to? Uh, Phil Lamar, Kevin Conroy, Billy West, uh, Richard Fry, uh, Fry uh, James... Marsden, Mars, shout out his uh, awesome show, variety show, the Mars Variety Show, coming on um, YouTube. And gosh, there's uh, Mark Hamill would have to be you know the best. He he's one of the best uh, out there just in voice acting, and he just happens to also be Luke Skywalker. So I mean, <laughs> overachieve much, Mark? <laughs> What's that go-to voice for you? Mm. Is there a character that you like to do more yeah. often than others? Yeah. Well, if I'm getting to just mess around and you know not and, and do something I want to do, I'll tell you it's Eric Cartman. But I'm 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 kind of getting over a throat thing right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't ask to you to perform. No. Yeah. No. I wouldn't. Ask no. You to. I would love to. I you're you're gonna have to rain check me and just believe me that I do a very uncanny Eric Cartman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just just take my word for it and uh believe me 
<laughs> I believe you. So, you know, we've talked, we've talked about a few, a bunch of different things. What's, what's the, the thing that you like to geek out about that most people probably wouldn't believe? Hmm. It's probably believable. I probably geek out when I finish a script by the deadline and turn it in and then <laughs> watch something cool. Um, I don't know if this is, this is very believable, but I geek out a lot when, uh, DC releases animated movies because, in my opinion, those are the best ones they release by far, better than the live actions. Uh, the new one, Batman Long Halloween, I've just started, so I'm kind of reserving judgment on that one, but I am enjoying starting it. So we'll have to come back and see what I thought of it later, I guess. Yeah, we got uh, part two of that coming out here pretty soon. I. Uh, I, I think it's already out. Is it already out? Oh, think, okay. Yeah, I think I think they're both out, but I've not gotten past part one, so I uh, haven't been able to look into that. But uh, I, I do love DC animated and uh, Dragon Ball Z. I, I, I Dragon Ball Super. I, I love Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. Uh, don't ask me about GT; it didn't exist. So, <laughs> you know, in the anime world, that's uh, that's where it's at for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I haven't watched enough anime in my life, but I I do love those DC animated films. Uh, I, I'm I'm right there with you. They're better than the live action anim- or live action movies from DC at this point. It feels like a really easy bet to just give them control of the the live action movies, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I feel like giving Bruce Tim the the reins over there at the live action part would probably be a good idea. Feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> what about in, uh, before Long Halloween? What was uh, your favorite one of those of the DC animated movies? Well, I I would say um, Rise of the Supermen because I really liked uh, getting into the Superman mythos, and I thought it was really well done. I liked Apocalypse, just how it uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse just took everything down and. I kind of hated uh, – I liked the story, but I, I hated they had to sort of end that world because they did a really good job with it. So <laughs> I think it should have continued. But all that being said, um, when I keep going back to – I I like – I'm probably forgetting some. It's, it's kind of hard. Batman Hush was good. Batman Hush um, was good. Yeah, the, all the Batman ones were pretty solid recently, in my opinion. Had, had you read Had you read Hush before watching that? I did, and that's why the movie surprised me with some of the decisions they made. Yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting with the 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 this, the changes that they decided to make in that. For one or none, but it is not okay to be an asshole for people liking things. So don't do that. Right. Right. What what what's what's your binge show? What's the 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 show that you love to binge over and over? If you have one, yeah, I've got a few that come and go. Um, some of those answers might surprise you. So lately, those binge shows have been uh, in the last few years, I should say, The Office, Modern Family, uh, The Gilmore Girls of all things, and Shit's Creek. All very good shows. You know, I have not watched any of the Gilmore Girls. 
You know, I mean, it's something that you might not be into right now, but if you were a teenager and got the channel and it was, you know, the right time and place, you you have an investment in the characters and that's something they did very well. And that's something that kind of spans genres is make people care about your characters and they'll care to keep watching at least until you go and give them a last season of games, game of Thrones kind of thing. <laughs> no, I've, al- I've always heard that the, the character and uh, dialogue are amazing in that show. So it is something I've always intended to go and check it's, out. It's very interesting. I think it's very well done. It's made by, if you're into now, the same people who made The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Also and I love made that the Gilmore show. Girls. Yeah. And I also love Miss Maisel. I'm looking forward to another season of it. Uh, soon, I guess soonish, whenever they're ready for that. Yeah, hopefully soonish. <laughs> what, about, what about movies? What, what gets you pre-pandemic to go to the theater? Um, Black Widow, you know, was one to make an exception for once it was worked out, uh, you know, easier time to go or, um, any Marvel films, obvious, obviously I love Marvel and I was really into night. I loved knives out in theaters. I was glad I got to see that in theaters. Joker, um, Godzilla. I've enjoyed the monster universe and i kind of hate i haven't seen um kong in the theaters but i've watched it you know several times on tv (laughs) streaming it and (laughs) i i just feel good about uh i I think they're doing really well with those yeah i think once they decided we don't really need to focus on that the people element and get to the the monsters they they decided they made a better movie so, uh, just one last question. One last question I asked uh, most people, if I if I remember it, if you could have one completely useless superpower and it'd have to be useless, what would that superpower be? The ability not to smell salty things. <laughs> okay. So if something salty. I, I'm not going to smell that shit, and that is the most useless superpower ever. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. Can you get more useless than that? I don't. I don't think so. That's it. That you know, it's pretty useless. It's almost as useless as telling people to check out the places to find me online. Uh, if you can go to jsandlin.com, it'll link you to my releases, a newsletter, episodes of Geekopedia and social media. So follow me at jsandlin underscore uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And get ready for August. We're going to have Jen Hunter issue one, as well as my other August release is Xenoscope's Zodiac versus Death Force, the uh, battle between the two anti-heroes of the Grim universe. And I hope you'll all turn tune into that. And if you'll excuse me, um, gotta get my son to bed. So have a good night. <laughs> and if you want to speak with me, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash media for exclusive material that only our patrons have access to. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. 
But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.